This podcast is distributed for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. The information, opinions, and views contained herein are our own and may be subject to change at any time without prior notice. We do not have any obligation to provide revised opinions in the event of changed circumstances. All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss. Nothing contained in this website should be construed as investment advice. Any reference to an investment's past or potential performance is not and should not be construed as a recommendation or as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. Yeah. Sweet. All right, we're live. Podcast number two. Podcast number two. Figured that it would be a great opportunity uh, to kind of get into the the wheelhouse of what's hot right now, but also just the wheelhouse of what Nate... Uh, Nate really has uh, has a strong conviction or strong belief in this this overall area, and he's got a lot of expertise in it as well. So, um, so today's episode is going to be primarily focused around uh, BTC or crypto world, and and uh, since we've seen such great growth over the last uh, what do you say week and a half, but in particular over boy since November, the first part of November especially. Uh, such tremendous growth and it's it's become I don't know if it was possible to become more popular than what it was before but it seems in the last two months it certainly has exponentially grown in popularity of both in probably the holders the people that are that are involved with it but even the outside world of um, uh, the traditional markets and and people that are getting involved with it well you can see on the chart I would say it really got popular once it kind of got real close to those all-time highs, the mm -hmm. October time frame, uh, that's kind of where we're sitting at right here, right where that top white line is at 13.8. Obviously, once you broke through that, it just zoomed through. I mean, this is on a monthly chart, though. So you can look at two months. In two months, it doubled, you know, a little over doubled. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Uh, it ran hard. Um, a lot of people predicted the same thing. Uh, once it once it broke those all-time highs, there's nothing above it to really go. Uh, and so that's what it kind of did. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, kind of where I envision talking about BTC, there's going to be a lot of varying points of interest for differing people. Um, and, and on my front, I, I think I'm always going to have some disbelief or or just some sort of skepticism that's built into uh, BTC as a whole. Uh, I have my own personal beliefs. I don't think it's garbage. I don't think that it's worthless. I don't think that people that invest in it are, are bad or whatever. I I have some. I've got uh, cryptos that I personally hold. It just doesn't make up a large majority of my holdings. And I know that, that might not be the case for, let's say, you. Uh, you might have a large case of, of your holdings that are based in crypto uh, across a variety of differing uh, coins that are out there. But uh, I think for the large majority based off of what I know about uh, the general population or just the how the crypto world works from my outsider's view in BTC is kind of the uh, the flagship flagship program the flagship carrier more or less for the crypto world and so that's I think kind of breaking down the simplistic view the basic simple view to more advanced charting type of of mindset that that you could probably go go on and on for days and days about um, you know how where you see it going from here but uh, I think from just the best simplest terms for dummies like me that aren't currently in it 
If we were starting off a BTC episode, we would be looking into what is the best, easiest way to get in, that somebody that's not currently in BTC right now wants to get in BTC. What's the best, easiest way? Well, I mean, that's actually a complicated question, to be honest with you. So I've talked to quite a few people who have asked that same question over the last couple of months. Um, and it comes down to a few different var variables. One is, do you actually want to hold BTC and own the BTC itself? Um, or do you just want to have exposure to the price action? A lot of people just want to get the gains. A lot of people just want to, you know, earn the, 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 you know, the percentage gains that Bitcoin they believe is going to bring to them over time. That's an easy one. If you want that, then you have two of the easiest ones that are out there. PayPal, number one easiest, especially if you have a PayPal account already. It's, it's simple. You hit a couple of things saying that, yes, you know that you can lose all your money if you buy Bitcoin. And then you buy it and then you lose all your money. No, <laughs> just kidding. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. Um, no, it really is easy. It took like, I think you just bought some on uh, PayPal, PayPal, did and you not? It was the simplest thing ever. Yeah, it's just a couple clicks and you you get it. It's simple. So PayPal, easy, number one. And then I would say Robinhood because they've kind of made it really easy for investors overall to purchase anything. But neither one of those you actually own the Bitcoin. You don't own the cryptocurrency itself. It's it's on their site. They have to own it. They have to buy it and hold uh, whatever amount is purchased through their app. And it's just you, they just show you how much you own in quotations. And then you're exposed to that, uh, that um, the price action, which is great. And you can trade it. You can hold it forever. Whatever you want to do. You just can't send it to anybody. You can't use it to buy anything. I see. So that would be yes. the major major difference between uh, going on to another avenue to potentially have either um, uh, a wallet or another exchange or something along those lines that's out there. The best, easiest way is to just get it, hold it, and you're, you're committed to it. And so if I bought it on or if I get it on PayPal, if I go to exchange it, I'm exchanging it for for dollars right now more or less. I can't transfer that in and out to other exchanges, or I might be able to in the future, just depending on what the overall future of right. those avenues are going to have. Right. But if somebody is just now listening to this podcast, doesn't currently own Bitcoin, wants to be exposed to it, best, easiest way to have, in air quotations, Bitcoin exposure would be through the PayPal Avenue. Yeah. More or less. Yep. And then uh, from there, then you go into your other uh, easier ways, Cash App. Um, Cash App, you actually own the Bitcoin. I've never bought through Cash App, uh, but I believe that you actually can own it and send it. Um, and they don't take a whole lot to set up with them. Uh, Coinbase, you have to, you know, you have to do your KYC, which is know your client. Uh, so you have to submit all your information, you know, who you are, where you live, you know, next of kin. I don't know. All those things. Sign off your next born son. All those things. But with those, you you own the coins. So with the value um, that some people put out onto Bitcoin of why there is value is that it is a limited supply. There is only so much Bitcoin that's out there. So owning the actual coins themselves has some merit, has some value to it. Um, but like I tell everybody, like it, it, there's more to it. Like there's a lot of... Uh, you you have to get a wallet. You have to know what your private keys are. You have to make sure you save your private keys and don't let other people have them because then they can have access to they can get into another your wallet at any time if they have those. So there's security that comes with that. So what I tell people is you know great, 
you know, get some exposure via PayPal or Robinhood where you don't have to worry about your private keys or anything along those lines, you know, or go through the process of the KYC too much, too in depth, uh, with, especially with PayPal, then, you know, down the road, once you feel like you're more comfortable with the actual wallet side of it, then, then go on to Coinbase, you know, and, um, you, you could buy it through Coinbase. You could leave it on Coinbase, uh, uh, or you can take it off and put it in your own wallet. You can put it into a hard wallet. Uh, those are a lot of different, those can go down all different paths. And that could take days. <laughs> days to explain. But uh, you can do your own research. I mean, if you're looking to, you know, make some money on investing, you're probably smart enough to figure out how you can uh, you know, do all that stuff. So so that, then I guess it comes down to if this is an investment, what is the investable mindset behind BTC and this is where you know you could be a little bit skeptical I could be a little bit skeptic or critical of it uh, but it's also something where you got to have some conviction when you're making an investment certainly if I was to say I'm gonna buy one Bitcoin today well Bitcoin price right now uh, plus uh, it's thirty one thousand thirty one three three two and ten so cents. It it takes quite a bit to have to to buy one Bitcoin. A lot more now than what it did back in November, which was a lot more back than even earlier this year. You could draw the lines all the way back to it takes a lot to buy to buy into one Bitcoin. So if you're making the investment right now, you have to answer that question for yourself. Why is it investable or what is the investment or what is Bitcoin? Uh, is there anybody out there that doesn't know what Bitcoin is currently? Oh, or there's, understand? There's lots of people that don't know what Bitcoin is or they think they know. Like it, it, We're still early. We're still early. Uh, I mean, look at the chart. Yeah, this is the Google searches, right? Mm -hmm. So how many people knew about Bitcoin after the last big run in 2017-18, right? You could, talk, people. <laughs> you could talk to a hundred people and who really knew it, maybe two. Yeah. Maybe one that understand exactly how it works or what just, it, how just it... even really what it is. Like, I mean, they might know like, Oh yeah, that's that criminal money. Right. <laughs> and that's, so if you look at, you know, the amount of, this is Google searches. So this kind of gives you the trends of yeah. how many people that are looking at it. You know, we've, we fell down and dropped and went to the bear market and you know, we've ran up, we're all time highs now, but, you can see the Google Trends. They're just a, you know a quarter of the way where they were at before. That right. certainly would point strong if it if it was a continuation of or if the charts repeated similar to like what they did in the past, go up to the uh, 2017 2018 marks that are marking on there. Uh, we still got a ways to run then with overall popularity in your mind, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think what we're seeing now is institutional uh, institutional buying. Uh, you brought up the point of price, which is, I think, a legitimate uh, concern of a lot of people that come in and says, well, I can't afford $31,000 for a Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Not understanding that you can buy $10 with a Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, and you can own it. It's still because there's portions, uh, you know, they call them Satoshis. Uh, you know, they're basically broken broken down into uh, whatever the number is. I can't remember. I think there's nine places. Yeah, so. it, it goes, it, it extends quite far. I mean, that that's how they're able to do it on PayPal. You own fractional ownership, basically, of a Bitcoin. Yeah, and so when you look at uh, the institutions, we're never really going to get in in the early time frame when Bitcoin price was so low because if they were to come in and buy $100 million worth of Bitcoin and it was at $4,000, they're going to move the market. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Right. So now with the price of where it's at now, they still can move it a lot. 
Yeah. It's only a 31,000 for them. That's like, okay, well let's buy a hundred million dollars worth. And they can, you know, every time there's a little 10% dip, you know, they keep buying or they do, they even care. They're just every week buying, you know, 20 million, 15 million, whatever it is. And that's going to continue. What I think is continuing this rise. I don't think when you look at Google trends, this is your, this is not your institutions. No, these are your everyday Joe Schmo. Like, Oh, what's Bitcoin. So I don't think they're even, you don't even have the retail investor that's coming in yet. I think you're looking at the big, the institutions that are coming in and they're the ones that are buying all this Bitcoin up. I mean, I can't remember what it was GBTC today. They had a client, uh, and I think they bought, I don't know, I think a hundred and some odd million through GBTC mm -hmm. that they, they've been doing it through GBTC. That's one of their, one client, yep. they're buying a truckload. Yeah, and that's just one. There certainly is a lot of demand. It seems out there. That's what's kind of driving the price up currently. And I guess it's, it's kind of moving in that that mindset of from the individual investor more to the institutional investor, uh, being able to afford this type of pricing. Uh, the the individual investor might not be looking at thirty one thousand as oh I need to build up my portfolio and and add, you know five or 10 Bitcoin adding five or 10 Bitcoin right now. Is that really worth something it, right now? I, d I don't know. That really eats into the overall available capital, but you look for these institutions that have, like you say, truckloads of money that are able to throw into it. It makes it something that, that keeps on moving that price upwards. So those early adopters, those people that held on, even those people that, that uh, bought at the, the old high back in 2017, 2018, where they look like fools three or four months later, you know, they, yeah. they're looking like geniuses right now. If you had the opportunity to buy it at 18,000 versus the current price, you would. Uh, yeah. I wish, I wish there was a metric to show how many people held at that point in time. And I know, I think you can look at wallets. Yeah. You could probably go to a dive into that and see, uh, how many wallets were bought in that same time frame and then just didn't move? Yeah, you know, moving it meaning like you sent it to an exchange to, you know, sell it. Uh, so you can kind of get some idea that way. Because uh, if those guys held at that point in time, they've got some strong ass hands. Yeah, right. They didn't get shaken out because that dropped eighty plus percent, eighty two percent. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're early. I think we're early in the sense that it, it's different now. I know it's, that's a whole cliche. Oh, it's different now. It's different now. I, I, I feel like it is different. I feel like this is, uh, we didn't have the institutions before mm -hmm. that were buying, that was cranking this price up the way it is. Uh, and when I say different, I mean, we're going to have a similar bull run, in my opinion, as we had in the past, uh, but it's going to be due to the in institutional investors. How many of your, uh, you know, uh, retail investors are going to buy Bitcoin. I think there's still a lot. Uh, I mean, I've had, I mean, just over the New Year's, you know, I talked with some people that were looking at, you know, getting into Bitcoin because they want to invest in it. They, yep. they know that they want to be exposed to it. So they're there. They're certainly there. I mean, people don't want to want some exposure in some way, shape or form. It's not, and that's going to continue to go up, up and away. It's just a matter of how they're going to get or how much they're going to get as far right. as the overall exposure. Are they going to expose 5% of their overall holdings, 1%, 10%? I, I highly doubt that you're going to see individual investors get up to 50 to 100% of their holdings if they aren't currently involved with it. People that are 
that far invested into it or already invested into it. If they already have 50 to 100 percent or 50 to 60 to 70 percent of their overall holdings are currently in BTC right now, they're not going to be new to it. I don't feel well let uh, me, moving forward. Let me ask you a question, because obviously I got into this uh, before you did and I dove deep, you know, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> it took you a while. Uh, I bought some Bitcoin for you. Uh, yeah. And you purchased some Ethereum Classic way back in the day in the first bull run, and I think some XRP. XRP you sold your XRP, though, right? Yeah, I uh, got into XRP initially, and then it went up a bit, sold it, and then I reinvested into uh, Ethereum Classic. ETC. So for you, uh, and I'm going to throw some of your buys out here uh, just so we can kind of get some context, because I think you're the retail investor, right? You're the guy that you, you, you have more knowledge than probably the majority of people out there, but still... Uh, why did you buy later on? Like just recently, you you bought some uh, GDLC, some BitW, and some GBTC. Yeah, uh, I did not purchase any GBTC. Oh, you didn't uh, go. Okay, I got GDLC and uh, BitW. So, what was your thinking and mindset behind that? Uh, more or less, it's the ease of being able to purchase on the traditional side as opposed to uh, going through PayPal or going through a wallet or Coinbase or anything else along those lines. Right. Uh, I think you knew this, that I had uh, ETC that was sitting on the sidelines in a hard wallet uh, that I had to find my my keys and everything like that to try and get it was just a nightmare yeah. I, I had a computer that had crashed with the hard drive on it and then i was like well i am pretty certain i printed that off and i did and i had taken a picture of it and all this other type of stuff so trying to protect that overall wallet of uh with the with the keys that were associated with it so it took a lot of steps to get to that point and then just to get it onto coinbase was the easiest mode for me now i did that initial purchase of xrp and and um, ETC back in, I want to say around 2018, in the first part of 2018 or something along those lines, because that's when we were initially kind of looking at it. And for me, there was the deep-rooted uh, skepticism, but everybody feels like a genius when they go up 100%. Like, oh, I can pick nothing but winners. When you first venture into, uh, <laughs> into, the, into something, you go up 100% within a short time frame. So with XRP, I was able to go up over 100% in a short time frame. And then I, re, I took those and reinvested into uh, ETC, thinking that, okay, this is one that's similar to uh, BTC in the fact that it's going to, it has a set amount of available coins out there. Uh, so it, it creates that scarcity. Uh, at that point in time, uh, I've always been a little bit critical of the fact that I don't see the mass adoption of what I had envisioned these coins to be used for. So as a medium for trade or a medium for purchase mm -hmm. or something else along those lines where you can build that value long term in this tradable coin. Why would you... Uh, I, what was the classic case of somebody buying a pizza from Domino's back in the early early adoption for like a hundred Bitcoin, and now that'd be worth you know just an unbelievable amount. They uh, actually have a day; it's Bitcoin Pizza Day. Be, yeah. So I this is my idiot view of things of not knowing that. <laughs> hey, and and that's that's just where it is. If I'm a casual uh, investor, if I'm a casual involved person uh -huh. in the overall markets, I don't know. Oh, hey, there's Bitcoin Pizza Day, or or there's all these other holidays that are out there. There's a lot of knowledge that, at the same time that we were both looking at it, you really did dive deep into it, and as a part of that, developed your 
uh, charting skills and all those other things that are related to it. But a lot of my skepticism has remained is that I don't personally feel like it was ever going to be a mode of uh, exchange. So I'm going to use uh, Bitcoin or I'm going to use Ethereum Classic or I'm going to use whatever for buying goods or buying services if it's an investable grade product. And investable grade product being something that um, A, institutions are going to want to utilize, but will also have the volatility to grow in value in a short time frame. Right. And I think that's been the key for it to maintain it's investable grade right now for me personally looking at it is that I don't see it becoming that uh, exchange for products, goods, services um, as cash would be, as, as a dollar would be. I see it more as an investable grade product based off of the, um, the scarcity of the resource more right. or less. Right. I mean, how many people use gold as a trade resource, right? Anymore? None. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some yeah. here and there that, you know, there's, you have, you know, jewelry and yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other random things that are out there. So, and you know, Bitcoin gets used very rarely as well for buying, buying and selling things as well. It's, I agree with you. I think right now, and that's why the institutions are buying. They're not buying to use it to no. go buy a Lamborghini. No, they're buying it because they see that there's going to be either a hedge against a dollar uh, or it's going to be the digital gold. It's whatever it's going to do. It's going to outperform other things that they have in their portfolio. And so they uh, want to be, you know, have some exposure to that. And we're just at the tip. Well, and, and just at the base of the of the hill, I, it more or less is where we could be. I, is that where we're going to be going long term? I, I don't know. I, I would be um, a little bit skeptical and still am skeptical on where it's it's going to be going. Is it I think with everything, you have to have a little bit of skepticism to guard yourself from overcommitment. And uh, with any type of investment, you have to evaluate wh why you're holding it, why do you continue to hold it, or why do you drop it? Do you believe or don't believe in the product anymore, or do you not believe in the service, or if you don't believe in the, in this case, uh, the digital currency or the cryptocurrency uh, as a long-term means of uh, capital gain, you know, growing your overall base of, of holdings more yeah. or less. Yeah. I mean, that's with anything, right? It is. You got to really look at, uh, at what you, what your goals are, what you're looking to and what you believe. And if you believe, you know, in your heart that, Hey, it's going to run up to 500,000. One Bitcoin is going to be worth 500,000 in a short term time frame. That That's a belief that you, you should be, that you bank and put mo a majority of your holdings into. Because if you look at the current levels being around 31K, that, that's a significant amount of growth. And certainly Bitcoin has shown us since the inception, uh, back in 2010, that uh, it, it has the capacity to grow in value, or at least in comparison to the dollar, uh, grow in value quite significantly over that time frame. Annualized growth, uh, the return, you know, just holding onto it for that time frame. Are people disciplined enough to hold on to it for that time frame? I, I highly doubt it. Um, are are people going to continually be disciplined enough to hold it, to see it through to whatever it could be? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have the same mindset that you were in the beginning of. Where's the value come from? Uh, and you know, when I do talk to people uh, that ask me about it, that's kind of their first 
first you know question like well what does it do or why what is it why it's a cryptocurrency you know and then they might have some antics that they come in with uh you know that they've heard on the news or something along those lines but that's the first hurdle for people to get over once they get over that and they understand like that there is a growing value or if they believe that that is a value because some people still don't believe that there is value even you know even in the uh term of hedging against the dollar or digital gold or anything like that so you know once they get past that then it's then it's a matter of you know how are they going to allocate it and and you know how long right yeah hey, so. it, it's always a time's always uh what the investor looks at what's my time frame that i'm going to be holding the pro holding whatever it is that that i've selected is it something that you have a uh two-year horizon, a five-year horizon? Is there a horizon that you place upon something that, that would grow potentially at this much? I, I can't answer that for each individual investor. I know for myself, it's it's something that just depends on the day. It depends on the overall feeling of what I think the markets are going to do. Uh, for somebody such as yourself, you're looking at more at the charts. But when somebody does ask you, hey, what is the value in this? You point to specific things their first questions to you are like what's the value how does it how does it have any value beyond a right so zeros and ones that's yeah. on a computer that you just can't really put a place value on and i'm a, i mean when i'm talking to regular people it's more of the i i talk about the scarcity one mm -hmm. it's you know there's limited there's only a certain amount out there so you know you have the scarcity of it uh and then i jump right into the fact that it is uh, increased in value year over year outside of your, you know, your bear markets that are there. But if you look since its inception, it, it does increase in value. The difficulty that it takes for uh, miners to, you know, mine Bitcoin, it, that increases every, you know, four years. Yeah. Uh, and so intrinsically, that's going to create a value for it as well. And then we go into, uh, you can go into a lot of the, um, the holders itself, like how many people are holding it. Uh, and then that now the fact that we have the institutions coming in because they feel that there is a value to uh, the cryptocurrency itself. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, right now that's what it is. Can it change? Yeah, for sure. I think there's so many different uh, other cryptocurrencies that are out there that are doing some pretty cool things that um, Bitcoin is going to always be there. Uh, just because it's the granddaddy of them all, yeah. right? You're going to have, there will be, there'll be a, a cryptocurrency that is an ex used, you know, for exchanging, you know, money at mm -hmm. some point in time. Is it going to be the United States government coin? I don't know. Is it going to be DM coin? I if, think that's probably the leader in the clubhouse in my mind, but. Or, you know, a conglomerate of a few different ones. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely going to be some out there, but I don't think that's going to be a Bitcoin. The nice thing is, if you ever want to trade that, that's with that interoperability of the cryptocurrency side, it's a lot easier than it is to go exchange a bar of gold. And I think that right there creates value for it as well down the road of exchanging that value. Because I can hold gold all day long as long as it's legal and it's been stamped and all this kind of stuff. And then and then where do I go sell it? I have no clue. I mean, sure, there's people out there that do. And they got a big backpack when they walk down to that <laughs> bank. <laughs> yeah. But if you were like a miner or some, say somebody that was out panning for gold, taking your actual physical nugget down to the local gold melting place, I mean, I, I couldn't even point you in the right direction if that was the case. You know, I have a, a neighbor, actually. He uh, he owns a, 
Oh, it's the it's the gold place down off of the highway. You see the sign, the big, yep. the big old building. Yep. Uh, he just lives behind me up here. Uh, I need to talk to him about it. He probably would have a whole lot of insight on that. It'd be good to know. I should actually. I'll well, and for him. somebody like that, you, you're looking at they have uh, they've built up the value in their mind. That's what they're passionate about, as far as where and where they probably allocate a majority of their holdings is is along the lines. I would of, be curious to see. Yeah, that would be curious because if you are in the business and you know what the overall continued value is of right. a physical piece of gold, does that have more? Uh, do they believe in it more than say a uh, a stock or real estate or in this case in the cryptocurrency? Uh, and certainly you can point to uh, the exponential growth that, that crypto has done, and, and in particular what Bitcoin has done since its launch in 2010, it's it's been unbelievable. It's meteoric. I, yeah. I, 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 it's just uh, but building that value or trying to explain to people that, that store value or trying to explain to them how the application or use application is, it is still something that, in my mind, is hard to explain. What's the store value or what's the... And, and it's built upon the scarcity of the overall right. resource, the current pricing of the resource that is out there. Uh, but in, in the grand scheme of things, it's tough to, to say overall, well, um, we sold 100 units of Bitcoin today or 1,000 units of Bitcoin today or, you know, how does that translate to a profit margin or how does it translate down you know you, you could point to iphone sales or if i was looking at apple or if you looked at amazon you know year over year the overall growth of revenue and what their profitability margin is and all those other things you can look at that with tangible stocks but with bitcoin it's something that's unique and different in the scheme that there there isn't a i think you can look at some stuff though I, yeah that's what i'm looking for like what I, is the stuff you could look at beyond like because with gold, you have a physical piece of gold that you can hold, and there's only a, a certain amount of circulating supply. With, right. with cash, you know, if I held a dollar bill right now, that yeah. doesn't have any value based on the fact that you could just run the printers. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's just the guarantee. Printer goes burr. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, I mean, there's 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 other things that we can look at, and uh, you know, to see there's transaction value, there's net value transactions, there's you know, wallets themselves, like. Um, you know, how long have they been held? You mm -hmm. know, and it'll show, hey, I was just looking at a couple today. Uh, I need to find it again. But um, when you look at uh, some of the wallets that have been getting filled up, the top wallets, right? Yeah. And they, you know, they've, they've been ho only holding them for three months, right? So there's some, there's some big buyers that are in there. A lot of them are exchanges, those big wallets. But you can see, do they get moved? Do they not get moved? Uh Let's see. There's a couple different things on here. Um, well, and I think I've seen recently, uh, especially over the weekend, I think I saw something like 35,000 Bitcoins were moved from a hard wallet into uh, an actual, uh, I think I want to say it was Binance or, or Coinbase or something like that. But you'd probably know more about that than me. This is a great one for you. So stock okay. to flow, ratio of Bitcoins in circulation relative to the amount of Bitcoins annually mined. Okay. Right. So in this relationship with price. So this one, like I just read it, so it's basically just kind of giving you that that correlation between those. So, uh, and the little red line here is just the it's the stock to flow 365 day average of where it flows, and you can see it. You know, it's going to follow it in that general direction where it has. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean it has to. Yeah. Uh, and your your heat map and the and the and the and the cruise up here. So, obviously, if it follows that same trajectory, you you, you know by 2020. Two, you know, if it if it goes above like it did before, I mean, 
that's over a hundred thousand, two, three, four hundred thousand. That's going to correlate with some of my other charts that I have up there as well. Yeah, that'd be quite the quite the jump for one year. That'd be a good, bold prediction. Yeah, that would be bold. I I think you're looking at what a uh, hundred thousand would be a three x almost on where it's at uh, over three x on where it's at right now. Yeah, there aren't too many that you could point to as far as if I were to look at the the stocks or if I were just looking at any of the indexes that uh, I would be able to say, hey, it's going to go up 3x from the current point. If it went up 3x right from the current point right now on any of the indexes, we'd be we'd be dancing in the streets in a year, you know, a year yeah. time frame. It, those, those types of movements generally don't happen on the stock side. But like you said, there are, there's the, the value that's built into Bitcoin right now isn't necessarily that tangible thing. It's in the the tradable asset that it is and and yeah. so you're looking at the tradable asset currently being on what would you say it was net um uh some type of transactional uh overall your, interactions your tx your tra tx transactions is that what you're talking about I, you just had mentioned it uh a little bit ago and then we i saw a fancy chart so i got distracted <laughs> by it are you talking about the stock to flow this one no 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 it was before stock to flow um we were curious, I was curious, or talking about when you're going to justify uh, to somebody that's not currently in um, oh, okay. the Bitcoin and you, you say, well, okay, there's not any any value in as far as like the tangible gold, physical gold, and nothing to point to as far as like, um, hey, they sold 500 iPhones or, you know, Amazon's growth has happened on this. And you said, well, there's other things that we can point to that. Right. That would help drive that force, right. and and beyond looking at the potential of what of what Bitcoin could do, because it could go up or it could go down, just like anything else. But it, without having any of those um, uh, metrics that you can point to, as far as like earnings dates or growth year over year or anything along those lines, yeah. what do you point to as far as for your justification to uh, somebody that's coming into it or looking to come into? Well, let's look at uh, so one of the big ones I like to look at is, uh, again, the, the holders of it. So yeah. how many of your wallets? So I didn't have that one pulled up here, but I'll see if I can find it. And so that builds the value because the people that are holding it are the ones that are not necessarily selling it. So it's it's creating more of the scarcity of the of the Bitcoins that are out there in circulating supply. Correct. Is that what you're uh, you say that again? So if somebody, if you have the wallets that are out there and the holders that are out there that have the wallets, um, the fact that they continue to hold it builds the scarcity of the supply of available Bitcoin right. that are out there right. to sell. Right. And so that's going to continually drive up the price in your mind as far as uh, from where we're currently at moving forward. Especially with these institutions coming in because uh, these institutions aren't buying to sell it for a 30% gain mm -hmm. in two months. Right. They're not, they're not buying and selling it. They're buying it and they're, they're holding it. They're putting it into their, uh, you know, into their portfolio. I mean, you even have companies that are talking about putting a portion of their, you know, their cash that they have on hand. Into... Tesla. Yeah. Well, Tesla's the big one. I doubt there's, I mean, come on. He talks, he talks big. But mm -hmm. does he really do anything? <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of crazy if he did. Uh, I think uh, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, about it and... Um, they were they were an institutional guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, you're not going to see them do that because, you know, they don't have any cash. They they're, all their cash they're in a growth phase. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled up the fact. I'm like, well, they have like 130, 
million dollars in cash, or it was more than that. I think it was one point three billion or something. I don't know. It was a lot. Yeah, it was more than I have in my pocket. More than me. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, even if they put one percent of that in, that's a, that's a giant buy. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, there's that. They have the cash. They all these companies do. So if they're holding the cash. Why would you hold dollars if it's going to devalue all the time, right? So they're going to look at the same type of thing to be able to put their money into. Yeah. Um, so what I got pulled up here, these are these are your wallets, right? Uh, these are the top 100 Bitcoin wallets. And you can see uh, first in, last in, basically, is it is it moving? Is it not moving? Um, and so you can look at, yeah. I mean, minimal out, uh, minimal right. in. So this well. is a, you know, a $2 billion wallet. Yeah, right. or even the top guy with a or a girl. Uh, so this is Huobi. This is a this is a cold wallet. So Huobi is a uh, exchange. So, okay. So they're going to have a large uh, holding. Same with this one's Bitfinex. This one's Binance, Coinbase, Bitrix. So you're going to see a lot of those that are on here. And they'll continue to be more of those institutional type of places that continue right. to occupy those. Right. And so you can look at these and you can see. Okay, is there new ones are. And then you can see the old ones, you know, that have been holding stuff forever, right? And they haven't moved ever. So yeah. Um, so that's 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 a, a and that is comes with a scarcity, right? So you want to yeah. see it's scarce. Great. Well, is it moving though too? So if people are just going to hold it, then it's even more scarce at that point in time. And yeah. how long are they going to hold it for? And and that's when you start to build, you know, this this FOMO that could potentially come in, and people get a little bit like, ooh, I better get in on this. Yeah. So. Is, is that kind of what we're seeing right now on the institutional side? Is this more of an arms race to kind of get in right now? I don't or think is so. it uh, is the FOMO it, for the people that are that have been in Bitcoin for the longest amount of time? Is the mindset uh, it's going to go down right now? I think this is this is no no. I think the people that have been in Bitcoin for a while are like this is the beginning. So the circulating supply or the circulating trades that have gone down are, well, in theory, have gone down from the start of uh, 2020 till now. So let's just say yeah. we've, we've been trading, oh, everybody's trading and everybody's upset about the current price. And so they're trading and, and instead of 76 or 100 coins that are out there, now we only are trading 70 consistently on a daily basis. You know, right. is it a drop by 30 percent? Uh, has it dropped by 20 percent? Because more and more people are looking to, to buy and hold in the modern outlook for where they see Bitcoin going? Well, I think the institutions right now, this is just a, uh, this is just the beginning. I mean, you're only hearing of a few small named companies and some that are already in the crypto sphere. You have MicroStrategy. They've, you know, they mm-hmm. just bought a huge, huge amount, but he's been a Bitcoin guy talking about it and owned it himself for a while. Square, you know, they, yep. they, they, uh, they own the cash app. So obviously they're into Bitcoin. Uh, and then the interesting ones are when you get those, the insurance company. Yeah. You know, mass mutual, mass mutual. Like they're normally a very conservative type of holder that are purchasing Bitcoin. So, um, a hundred million dollars is a pretty small amount. I am just joking. I, I mean, the fact that the, some of these things that they're, I mean, MicroStrategy, they're at 1.2 billion. I think that they purchased. Oh, really? Well, they raised like 600 million from like an offering with the, to their clients to, and it like they, or they got more than what they were expecting. I think they got seven hundred million. They wanted six. They got seven to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this, these are the people that are out there, you know, pushing it forward to, uh, you know, make it part of the the norm that yeah. some people are going to have on their books. Bitcoin is a holding. Yeah. So, hey, 
it's something that okay so we we've established the fact that there's there's always going to be some skepticism based off of the investment world or, or dummies like me that are are late to adopt and, and there's even more and more people that are going to be late to adopt uh, they missed out on the on the gains but they also missed out on some of the heartache i mean obviously if you were getting into it or you personally got into it in a time frame that was on a downward swing and so you had to go through some of the pains and cut your teeth a little bit on on the pullbacks and some of them were pretty significant along oh. the way oh well, I'll, i mean i'll tell you my first well i had my first buy was in the summer of 2017 it was a small amount mm -hmm. my first big buy was a 16k okay so i i hadn't i i'm not a trader i didn't know what the heck i was doing i was like ooh, buy bitcoin it's gonna go to a gajillion it's a 16,000. it just doesn't stop that's it's just stopped like, oh yeah <laughs> and it stopped right so uh, from then on, I cut my teeth on, I mean, I took every trading course, you know, listen to videos, listen to podcasts. Uh, I mean, I did all sorts of stuff because I wanted to learn how to not lose all my money. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't lose. I mean, I lost money. That's, that's a given, but, um, you know, over the time and the amount of dips and everything that's gone on, it's, uh, it's well then made up for itself after the point in time. So. Well, yeah, and certainly you only lose money when you sell, right? I yeah. mean, if you would have held on at 16 and you just would have been like, oh, dang it, I am just screwed right now, and, and your losses would have been so great, I, I don't know, let's just theoretically say it pulled back 50% down to 8K yeah. from your 16K purchase, and you're just like, I, I don't know what to do. Do I just cut my losses right now, or do I just continue to hold on to the future with a mindset that, hey, I know that, right now I'm going to look like an idiot, but in the future I might look like a genius. You know, if it, hindsight always, yeah. right? Hindsight's always that way. Uh, I wouldn't change what I did at all because um, the trading side has, has created a whole new avenue for me um, to, to create money, yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, but to know kind of what I'm doing with my investments instead of, uh, and you never know exactly what's going to happen, but at least you can have an idea of where things uh, might go. Yeah. And it gives me an idea of um, a little bit more security of what I'm doing with my money. Um, there's, I mean, it's tried and true. You just buy and hold for sure. Um, well, and certainly if somebody were listening uh, or not currently invested into Bitcoin right now, and you advise them, hey, now might be a good time for you to get in. And so they buy in right now, and then they experience a huge pullback, uh, something that's on an epic scale like what you saw when you first entered, and then it, it pulled back. I, I don't know what it finally went down to, maybe four. Eighty. It went 82% from the top. From the down. top. But yeah. from where you purchased, it, you know, right. from where that went down, you probably didn't experience 80% loss. But if you would have held the entire time, and I don't know if you did or not, but if you would have held the entire time, maybe you're down 60%, 70% from your entry point to the actual bottom of where it went. It came back or it, it provided an exit opportunity yeah. for you if you would have held in the future. And similar things can play out for the investor, not the trader. Right. The trader and the investor are two different mindsets. The investor is right. going to be looking at from right now and saying, you know what, I see the potential of, hey, it can get to, based off the scarcity, based off of the use case, based off the store value, based off of whatever else, it could get up to, you know, 100K. Well, that's a 3X on what the current price is right now. Well, over 3X. Right. That has a lot of value to the investor. The investor, at least from my perspective, would look at it more of, does it do that in a year? Does it do it in two years? I'm going to hold it for over a year because I don't want to pay those taxes on that, on that, on those Long -term gains. Long-term capital gains. 
Yeah, I mean, it's risk versus reward, right? I mean, and I never sold any of my Bitcoin where I lost it all was trying to trade those damn altcoins, man. <laughs> those were killers. You'd make one, you'd, you'd buy one, and it goes up 100%. You're like, I'm a genius. And then you buy one, and it goes down 90, and it never recovers. And you're like, that was crazy. But, that, I mean, that's where, uh, that's where I, again, I cut a lot of my teeth on there. And then I got into traditional markets and the trading there. I mean, we were exposed to Bitcoin in 2012. Yep. I mean... Uh, that was that was kind of when we first got exposed to it. I think we bought our first cryptocurrency in that same year. Yep. Uh, Worldcoin. Worldcoin. That's what we bought. <laughs> but you know, it, then it was you know we had a business going at that time. We had like 300 employees, so we were a little busy, and yeah. we didn't put the time in to understand the metrics of what these things are. Now that's what I do. I mean, that's I spend the majority of my time researching and understanding what it is I'm putting my money into. So Well, and it's it's much more important right now to understand from my, from my perspective as well. It goes back to the trading side. We were certainly investing at that point in time in your traditional uh, American funds or uh you, you know your 401k type of investments and watching those grow at, you know, your 7 to 10% or a good year was 12% and now looking back at those types of things it's kind of laughable at what we mm. would accept as overall growth for any any time frame during some of the best growth that we've had or that we've seen in our lifetimes for an extended period of time. Yeah. And so we allowed for that. And similarly, we can look back at, at what Bitcoin has done over that time frame and, and be overly critical. But the fact of the matter is, is that it still has some legs to run in your mindset. In my mindset, it's got a lot of legs to potentially run as an investable option. Uh, I, I will have continued skepticism as with all holdings that I currently have on what the long-term value is. If you think that uh, a certain company is going to be around forever, uh, we always get surprises, you know? Yeah. Sears, JC Penney's, you want to point to any of the big box retail stores right now that are almost completely annihilated. Uh, I mean, I was a big fan of blockbuster video and Hollywood video. So you can point to those yeah. things as being, Hey, they, they're a great rocket ship type of things, but you always have to be vigilant whenever you're looking at investable securities or investable, uh, coins or investable options for whatever that you have, uh, watching it and having some type of, um, uh, exit plan or exit strategy in your mind. So what is your, so in your eyes, what is your exit strategy for, well, you, you bought GBT or no GDLC and BitW. Those were your two. As with everything, I've I've got to look at them more long term. So if I if my horizon was looking at um, a two to three year time frame, mm -hmm. it's evaluating after that point in time. Immediate purchases, you're always going to see, or I'm always going to see that it can go up or down really quick, and and it's happened with almost every selection that I've ever made. And if I get too overly concerned about it, one way or the other that's usually a negative impact long-term holding on it. Uh, so, it, you know, case in point would be, um, uh, you know, G, GDLC. Uh, yeah. It, it, or, sorry, BIT. Bit, BitW. BitW, yeah, sorry. Bit, the Bitwise. Bitwise one. That one, I purchased at a really good entry point, what I thought was a really good entry point. And then it shot up to a hundred and some odd. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I look like a genius, but I didn't sell at that point in time. I, I would never look to sell at that point in time. It's since rebounded back to almost where my entry point is at with that. And it's one of those things that it, it the initial excitement of it certainly fueled some of that growth. I think long-term it'll, 
it'll continue to rise. I don't generally like to see large growth in a short time frame. Oh, uh, see, I like it's the exact see... opposite for me because I get in and I'm like, I'm expecting a certain number. Like I see yep. where I'm at. And if it gets that number right away, I'm out. Yeah. And that goes back to mindset. I, I typically see the the rubber band effect of if it goes up at a large amount in a short time frame, you're going to have it retrace back to uh, that yeah. re- rubber band's going to bounce back to a, almost the original point of where it was or even further back. And um, long-term growth or long-term stability of an overall holding is better to have continued uh, growth at a at a sustainable pace. 100% growth in a day or, or uh, 200% growth in a day is non-sustainable long-term. You're always going to have that pullback on any of those types of holdings. And so that's where I always look for stuff more for horizon, for exit after a year. You're a long-term guy. I'm a long-term guy. And yeah. so if I was looking at this holding, if I was evaluating Bitcoin at its current price uh, in relation to what I see here, I would say that there is going to be an entry point potential that is more appetizing uh, based off of my mind. But I I don't know much about there's nothing to measure that on. I can't say, oh, yeah. well, earnings are going to say this, or stimulus is going to do this, or, and stimulus might affect uh, uh, Bitcoin certainly, but no, it's it not going to. It's going to be different than if it was um, a consumer consumer staple. Uh, yeah. And so, so that's where the the overall reading this for my personal investing purposes, it's more of a trickle in or a DCA in or just kind of buy and and continue to gather. Uh, the DCA is the way to go because if you're coming in and you know right now I want to buy Bitcoin I want to get into Bitcoin I just don't know when to buy well mm-hmm. buy right now buy yeah. right now but you know you hold back some of your ammo for a potential dip you know I usually if I even when I trade I usually have three to four entry points uh, when we start to get a pullback and I'll have three to four entry points that I'll put buys in and they might not get hit I might only get one or two, especially in Bitcoin uh, since October. None of them have hit more than two. I think uh, I might have got close to uh, three entries on one, but they they don't go low. They don't go that low. And so I'm only getting like two entries on these. So I'm almost wanting to adjust. The moment I adjust it to where I'm going to go only two, it'll go down to the, my third or fourth. So I'll probably just keep it where I'm at. I'm just fine. There's no, there's no rush to it. But DCA is the same way. Like... However much you feel you want to invest into whatever asset it is, and you're ready to buy, buy it. Buy it. And then when it goes down, just dollar cost average into it. And then once you're fully vested into it, uh, you're good to go. The other one is is when things hit an all-time high and they, they go through, there's going to be it, – it's going to go. So once it breaks all-time high and you didn't get all your fills in, buy more. Mm-hmm. Then Then fill it. Because yeah. then at that point in time, you know, like, okay, well, we're going up from here. Like, the, you're, you, there's nothing above it. It's blue sky growth. So yeah. it, it is something that it, it's always tough for uh, investors to look at buying stuff at all-time highs, at least from my perspective, because I'm always, I'm always waiting for the, the pullback. It can't always be green. And 
what we've seen, it reached, what, 34K? Uh, you didn't think it would hit above 30K oh. before the end of the year. It didn't. You were spot on, huh. 100% right. First time for everything. Yeah, and so, but at the start of the year, you you basically just continued to just blow right through, oh. and it got up to 34K, uh, what was it, yesterday? Something uh, along see. those lines, and so uh, it, it's... It was on the second. On the second, so... Uh, I don't even know what day it is today. So it's trying to keep track of everything. And But you have that reaction to getting up to 34K. Well, yeah, it went all the way down to, what, 28 and some change uh, this morning? Uh, I think it's 27, actually. It hit uh, 27, 27,734. This so, is on Bitstamp, so depending on what you were actually trading on. I trade on Kraken, but I have the Bitstamp up because it goes long term. Yeah, and so it goes back to there's a couple key points, I think, that are for another uh, another little chat session uh, you did and took the time to uh, teach yourself based off of cutting your teeth about charting, about technicals, about understanding charts, about looking at technicals to become the trader uh, that you wanted to be, the one that wasn't going to necessarily feel like he was an idiot because he lost the money, that he had, that he could make the moves that would put him in, put you into um, a position of knowledge, a position of comfort, and to give you that confidence moving forward for your investments. And I think for a future uh, talk is that connecting some of those links uh, of what you did, because I was able to see it from the start of where you were at with just charting and doing the technical stuff of this crypto, you really took it upon yourself to to take the classes, online classes, to, and it was your own self-guided classes more or less on right. trying to figure out, right. okay, what does this mean? You know, you haven't even, with some of this stuff, we haven't even started breaking out a lot of the uh, different clouds, the different metrics, the MAs, the, all this stuff that goes to the further levels of technical stuff, because this was a simplistic episode of trying to talk about BTC as an investment, as an, an introduction, more or right. less, for, for idiots like, well... Uh, not idiots, but just just people that haven't really got in at the ground level, more or less. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that did not get in and that are not currently in at the ground level. Now, there's certainly a lot of people that got out uh, that thought that they were geniuses along the way that would be, you know, Bitcoin billionaires or Bitcoin millionaires yeah. a few yeah. times over. Um, and they're always going to live with that scar and that mark in their mind that they made the mistake of not holding on to it to see the overall growth that they could have potentially seen. One thing but in preparation for this, I wanted to um, kind of look back, and it's always fun to look back for me. I know sometimes you do it. I look back as an indicator of, okay, what what would I have missed out on or what could I have missed out on if I didn't hold? And if somebody would have just put in $500 back when it first came out on July 17th of 2010, you know, been an initial person, put it in a hard wallet, kept their keys, been able to remember all the stuff and being able to store it in that in that place, you'd be looking at um, taking that $500 and turning it, it would have grown to $323,167,000 in that just over 10-year time frame. Uh, an annualized return of 358%, which those types of numbers are extraordinary. Um, yeah. And and it's something that for me, looking back on it, and, and certainly on the charts that, that you have pulled up here, I don't know that it goes all the way back to 2010. No, this is, I mean, Bitstamp, it goes to the furthest back that you're going to get. So, I mean, even if you bought at the low of Bitstamp uh, to where it's currently at now, that's a big number. That is a big number. How many zeros in there? That's a uh, 13 million percent. Hmm. 
That's a lot. That's quite significant. But, I mean, really, those people that bought down, I mean, I've heard lots of podcasts of uh, these guys that were in it, um, you know, from the beginning, or, you know, not even beginning, like 2013, maybe 14, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, the beginning. And they sold, you know, they because yeah. they're up so much and they sell, you know, and they're, they're like, oh, I'm a genius. I made, you know, I made a thousand percent on, on this. And then they sold. And, you know, some of them didn't get back in. Some of them changed their direction. Some, you know, they FOMO'd back in at another time. And, you know, it's it's the cycle of any market I think you look at. I think you can look at, you know, the S&P, the, the NASDAQ. You can look yep. at the Dow. You can look at any, all your indices that have... You know, uh, Amazon's a great one, right? Yep. Rise to this great occasion. People sell. People get in late, and you know they they go through this entire cycle, and it's a uh, psychological cycle. I think that's what really entices me about uh, trading itself because it's it's really psychological, and you when you really get into it, you can see why it's that way, and it's it's kind of fun. I I mean I I enjoy it. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Oh so. yeah, and I think uh, coming up here with the with another show or two, we'll be able to outline kind of what you've what you've done, kind of pointing some people in a direction that would give them some basis and understanding and knowledge to be able to talk intelligently about trading uh, in the future, moving forward and yeah. taking hold of what they have. Uh, for an investor like myself, looking at at the stuff here, I I think allocation and and putting some sort of allocation towards investable. Um, I don't an investable security or investable holding like Bitcoin or or any other cryptocurrency for a long term holding potential putting a portion aside that you would typically allocate towards some type of investment does have some value yeah. uh, in moving long term holding if you if you can hold on you can make it work out if you can't hold on make it work out still don't sell for a loss you know sell yeah. for your gains you don't want to ever sell for a loss that's for certain so that's <laughs> how you lose money is when you sell for a loss hey, you know, you know hey. i i disagree with that statement 100 percent because i'm in the boat of cut your losses take that money put it somewhere else so and i've done it many a times and it's worked out well i've done it on the bad side though too i've learned from that of like i've held on so long you know and it's like 90 percent down and then i cut my losses and then it goes up so i've done both I set stop losses, you know, I because I know if it's going down to a certain point, I don't want to be in there and hold on to that thing because that that asset or whatever I'm invested in, you know, how long is it going to be down? It's not going to make me any money when it's down. So if I lose 10, 15% on that, I can take the rest of that and put it into something else that's hopefully going to make me money. That's but that's that's a short-term trader mindset. That's not a long-term trader mindset. So yep. and each one of them has their own value. I think you can sure. point to um it, Comparisons across the board of, you know, it it goes back to more of a, an initial mindset of how involved are you going to be in the day trading mindset uh, that it would take to be disciplined like what you're talking about. Are people disciplined enough to be able to know and read the charts and, and understand what the future markets are going to hold and have that experience to be able to say, hey, you know, seven out of 10 times or nine out of 10 times when I see this pattern or when I see this chart do this, it's going to respond this way. Yeah. for me positively now there's always those outliers the three out of ten or the one out of ten that's going to react negatively and there's certainly going to be in in the case of holding on for stuff too long there's going to be those cases where it just goes right out of business chk <laughs> and so so yes there's 
there's certainly aspects to each side that can be useful, uh, but it's why you spread out the risk, I think, a little bit as well, too, to, to have not necessarily yeah. all your eggs in one basket, more or less, or being able to have the exit exit points if you do have your eggs in one basket. When you posted on the Discord that CHK was going to be your pick, I forgot I had gone out of business. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> Hasn't he been hurt <laughs> enough by CHK? I was dying. I'm like, what's he seeing? And then I had to look it up. Oh, yeah, it went out of business. That's right. Yep, that was a, that was a good little run there for everybody. <laughs> so, Hey, uh, I promised some people some predictions, so we okay. need to do some predictions. All right, what's you your... Got, you got time? Yep, got time. What do we got? What are we looking at? Are we looking well, at... Uh, the... We got three. Or, sorry, we got four. We're going we're gonna to start with BTC because we've been talking this show okay. about BTC, which is great. Yep. Um, well, so... So are you are you basing your predictions on what it's going to be come 20, or the start of 2022, or are you basing on what it's going to get up to at some point in time in 2021? Because I know for you, there are two different mindsets because I've tracked your your predictions for like it'll reach this by such and such a date versus short term i'm great long term i suck short term you are you're almost spot on it's been proven i don't know how many times and so so i'm, I'm gonna do this as an a i think we hit a certain point throughout the year okay not on a certain date down the road because perfect if i could do that I, literally i would be yeah. you're pretty dang close so i but I not, not not long term like short term no, stuff short short terms for sure so yeah short term i think you, you've got like you've got this you're like nostradamus but the only thing with bitcoin i'm going to do is and this is if it's any long term i do the same thing it's all i'm looking at cycles i'm looking at you know fib levels i'm looking at uh you know some confluence depending on what's going to happen uh and that's all i'm going to do here the okay. same thing so i mean you have your your little dips in the cycle you have this green uh, channel yep. that, uh, is, you know, going upwards, which is good. Um, so I kind of have the channel going through here, but then I, I basically just copied this, uh, light green is the last bull run once we passed. Uh, and this is an all time high. When you look at a, on a yearly chart, this, the, both these white lines, mm -hmm. uh, that's the close of the yearly, I should say going into the next one. And so if you look at it, uh, I just copied this and put, put and pasted it here. Mm -hmm. So looking at it run, I don't trade that. But when you look at that, uh, it would follow the same pattern as it has in the past. It also, when you look at the stock to flow, yep. uh, I think it followed that, almost that exact same pattern as well yep. of, you know, rising above, uh, you know, and coming in sometime in late uh, 2021, you know, that's in the midpoint. Uh, you know, I think mine was at 330, 360. Yep. Right? Okay, this, you know, if this is going to come into the midpoint of this little box here, it's going to be right at 400 grand. You know, that's a lot. That is a significant amount from where we're currently at, yes. Uh, I think there's <laughs> another one that we could look at. Um, uh, logarith logarithmic growth curves. Yeah. Uh, and so this is constantly moving as well. But it just if it were today to go up here, it would hit 100 grand. Uh, so this, this logarithmic chart here is going to change as well as it goes through. So, um, this one, as we move through the year, as it continues to go up, could point to the fact that we're going to hit that, you know, 300 grand as well. That's a lot. So, and I know it's a lot. Yes. It, and basically it's saying it's going to 10 X this year. That's a lot. I know it's a lot, but I'm going to call it right now. I think it's going to. I think it's going to 10x this year. At some point in time in the year 2021, it will be. We're going to 10x it. Bitcoin's going to 10x at some point in time. Okay, and it's going to be 300k. 
ish. Sure. sure. I mean, if you're within, if it's two ninety nine, it doesn't count. So if, if, like, it's, if it's half that, I'm happy. Yeah. So. Well, I think everybody is. So, <laughs> based off of that prediction, is somebody that is listening here is not currently exposed to BTC would be unwise not to have some exposure. Hey, look, this is a podcast that we're just giving predictions. We're not telling you to buy anything at all. We're not telling you <laughs> to get exposure. And, you know, you heard the the investor deal in the beginning. Like, look, we're just, we're just spouting stuff out here. This is all for would, educational purposes only. You do as you will with your own money. I, I could definitely <laughs> see that it, it would continue a run up. I don't necessarily think I'm as bullish, uh, obviously, but I would say that as we're looking at for BTC, I think we could easily see 64, um, 64K. And that's just based off of a general feel of how hot it's getting right now uh, versus where it could go uh, in the near to midterm future. I think if anybody was looking, um, you know, looking backwards, they could see that this type of growth is, is definitely possible in a short term time frame based off of hype excitement. But especially when you throw in overall institutional involvement, you would see that that would carry uh, carry the pricing upward in an upward trajectory. As more and more people hold, the supply diminishes. Uh, I do not picture that institutions are going to buy and trade. Uh, I agree. And I don't think that those people that are long term uh, market or long term holders currently are going to be looking to exit in mass uh, in the near the one to two year time frame, I, I would venture to say. So yeah. I think you're looking yeah. at probably some price security uh, in that one to two year time frame that's going to provide, um, you know, there's going to be pullbacks, there's going to be uh, those pops, but I would say a safe estimate, uh, 64, 64K by the end of the year. Okay. I definitely think we hit uh, six digits. We're going to hit. I mean, I would... I'm betting a lot of money on it already, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't even think we hit six digits for sure. But uh, the the fun one is going to be the three hundred thousand where the magic charts go to. But you know what? Things change. Uh, it, yeah, it shows it, but who knows? I mean, that with the same type of thing with ETH here. You know, you, just, you throw some random stuff up here with a a pitchfork. Some people love the pitchfork. So if we were to hit the median line, which a lot of people when they trade the pitchfork or they use the pitchfork on there is you know, the price tends to move back towards the median line. Uh, and if we were to median line it at the end of the year, that would be, you know, $199,000 for ETH or a, you know, what's that? 20,000, 19,000%. So that's a 20 Xer. That's quite significant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Honestly, but I think, uh, if we see a similar, or if we see Bitcoin increase, uh, at that six digit rate, um, I definitely think we're going to see um, ETH's going to hit 10K. Uh, I have it on here at 31. Uh, I think that's possible too with a with a giant uh, candle at the end. So uh, you know, uh, just kind of like the blow off we had last time. Which uh, part of me doesn't think that we're going to do that like we did last time either because of the institutions. I I don't think we see that giant blow off, and I think that's what we're seeing now. Uh, with these quick buy-ups in Bitcoin, uh, it's only dropping 10, 15%. When everybody's thinking, oh, we, we need our 30% drop, we're not getting it because these institutions are just, they're just buying it up as it is. So I also don't think we're going to see this giant run up and this giant blow off top. Uh, because of that, because they're holding long term, um, that this cycle, which has been a four year cycle, is going to be extended. 
and it's going to mess a lot of people up, but something to watch for. Yeah, definitely. I, what was the high for uh, ETH there back in, what was it, uh, 18? 1594, so it's almost 1600. So it's still, what, 50%? 50%, or... 50% below it. Yeah. yeah. Which, it's... it just went up 50% last week, so I mean, that's a lot. But I think uh, I, the way ETH is going right now, it's, it's it'll hit its all-time high pretty quick. The, the thing that a lot of people want to see is Bitcoin kind of go sideways because when Bitcoin goes sideways, that's when a lot of your alts start to, to pop off and they start to go up. And, you know, with the amount of money that starts flowing around, you see some big jumps. Uh, I, yep. I mean, I posted Gullicoin in the uh, in the Discord and, like, literally the was the next day, it was up almost a 10x. Yeah. You know, it has such low liquidity. There's these low-cap coins. You can't you can't put a lot of money into those to actually get it out. Um but they got some big things going, and it's still hovering around, um, you know, a four X from when I posted it, and it's looking decent. But I, I definitely think that there's uh, room for for ETH to continue to rise up. It, it used to be kind of the guy back when we were initially looking at uh, what it was what it was doing. Um, it seemed like that was uh, trailing what BTC was doing pretty consistently, uh, following similar patterns to what BTC was doing. So, yeah, I would definitely see uh, see that continue to climb. So we uh, pulled up the S and P here um, again. I'm just looking at your. I put it on the monthly chart so we can get out to 2021 here. And this this uh, median line that you can see here on this pitchfork that goes, as you saw, goes all the way back to basically the beginning of the S and P. So, if we look at um, getting to the pitchfork, and you know, throughout the year here, that's some that's some decent growth. Do we go above it like we have in the past and come back down to it? Why not? We got some nice fib levels up here, one six one eight. That's a that's a great fib level. That would put us at a sixty three hundred for the S and P which will give us about 60% growth. I mean, it, it pales in comparison to what you could potentially have in the, uh, uh, in the crypto world. I don't know that we necessarily see that, that happen here within the next year. It's I, hard. It's hard to say that that's going to happen, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of, um, a lot of factors that still have to be calculated into that. I mean, obviously we're talking on a, a Monday before an election that's going to potentially determine what the overall flow of the Senate is. Um, Sleepy Joe has to come through. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, there's a lot of moving pieces right now and still this rebuild time frame and potential future scare time frame that, that has to deal with this COVID to be able to say. It seems that uh, the general markets are, are influenced a lot more uh, than what you would see in the crypto world. So I, I would definitely be more reserved on what my predictions would be for the S&P. I would probably put it more in the um 44 which is crazy you're saying conservative in 40 percent uh, 44 oh 4400 i thought yeah, you start saying 44 percent no like... 40 <laughs> 4400 i i would like okay. to see it in yeah. that uh even I... that though even that though like in any given year and you start talking about the s p is going to go up 18 percent, 15 percent. i mean that's just i mean ridiculous but we're in a different mind we're in a different world right now and that's one of the reasons why I think we have some explosive growth in your, you know, risk on assets because yep. the dollar is getting devalued. And so your risk on assets are going to, they're going to go up and they're going to go up violently. Uh, we see, we saw it this year, obviously, uh, you know, the, if we get a blue wave and the Democrats do what they want to do, there's a potential of a lot more money coming in. Joe, you know, Joe Biden said that was a down payment, you know, 900 billion is a down payment. 
Well, down payments are usually 10 to 15%, right? 20%? That's pretty significant. That's a lot of money coming in. <laughs> and when you get that money coming in, it reminds me, this is my favorite one. I'm going to go to the NASDAQ here. I charted this a long time ago. And I was looking at it, and you know, with the money that came in, it, it, this this whole pattern reminded me of the dot-com boom. Well, what happened to the dot-com boom? We had a ton of money coming in to these companies that yep. a lot of them, you know, ended up being absolutely nothing. But there was a crap ton of money that was inflowing to these these stocks and to these companies, and we saw a giant inflation. Um, you know, from this consolidation that went down a huge drop and this, it just exploded through, you know, similar pattern they went on here, but we have tons of money that's getting pushed into these companies, whether it be indirectly with a, you know, a stock buy or directly with a buyout or yep. sorry, a bailout type yep. of situation. So maybe we have the same type of thing that would be ungodly and ridiculous. But yeah. you in you, that short term run up at the end of twenty twenty two, you map that same thing out wow. though. Map that same thing out. I, again, I don't trade this. That this is just fun stuff that's going yeah. on here. That'd be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I I would continue to say that we probably see that I'd, I'd put it at the high end about a sixteen k mark for the Nasdaq off of where we're currently at. I think that is possible. Um, yeah. But I I don't I don't know what the. Um, I, I don't know. That's just what I would base off my my thoughts would be about a 16k at the high point at some point in time this year. I think it's ridiculous that we say that that's conservative, <laughs> but I I agree. I, I fully agree with you. Conservatively, it's like with the amount of money that's inflowing into these things that we see some some massive growth. Yeah, especially when you talk about it. Once we get released back into the wild, the the further implementation of people being able to move about freely, it's going to have all this pent up demand of everybody just yeah. ready to go wild and free. Yeah. I think. With the with the original nine hundred or with all the stimulus so far and their projections for this upcoming year, GDP being in that six percent range and with the nine hundred billion increasing it by one percent, it's gonna significantly uh be impacted higher uh additional with additional stimulus that's out there, potential stimulus that's out there. So uh certainly I think we have a year that's that's projected for growth. It's something that um that I'd love for us to to be able to see and capitalize on. Um you know, as, as people within our group, uh, individually amongst everybody. So cool, man. Stopping point for now. I think it's good. I think we got a lot of stuff that we want to cover and, uh, work on down the road, but, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it and, uh, you know what, leave us a like and comment and let us know what we're doing right and wrong. Appreciate it. Bye.